Oh, that does sound good. And I tell you what, I think our next guest would go very well at the old dress-ups as well. In fact, I'm, uh, I'm going to put that to her soon because the summer of cricket is very much upon us and gets underway this weekend with the White Ferns hosting Pakistan in Dunedin. It's actually a huge weekend of cricket uh, with the Women's Big Bash final and the Black Cats v Bangladesh first test coming to a conclusion. So to discuss it all, former White Ferns international and uh, front and centre as well as part of TVNZ's cricket coverage for the home summer, Katie Martin. Katie, love having you on as ever uh, favourite dress up of years past for you? You must be into a little into a costume kind of vibe. Oh yeah, I I have a wee bit in the past. I've sort of gone a wee's Wally on the odd occasion. Yes. Um, I tell you the one that I I can't stand is when um, Avatar or Smurfs like when people oh, paint themselves oh, up. Yes. Well, I think. If you get lucky and you're having to, you know, you've got all that on, you're like, well, that's, that's a messy situation. So, no, for me, just a real basic B for me. No, I think that's really tactical because we've had a couple of mares. So, <laughs> on a similar note, Brad, producer Brad, uh, went dressed as Envy once to the Sevens, painted himself green, same nightmare as the blue, oh. I would say. Uh, and I just, I learned my lesson about kind of having too many add-ons, kind of, you know, cardboard props and things. It just makes things messy. Anyway, we're here to talk cricket uh, and we will start with the women's big bash. You've been over there for the majority of the tournament. What have you made of it? Yeah, the standard's been pretty good. Um, the internationals have probably struggled a little bit. Um, I think it's just professional cricket these days. There's just so many tournaments around the world and I think a few of them were pretty tired, but um, the Brisbane Heat have, have done really well in the last few games to sneak into the final. I think it's the first time anyone in that third or fourth position has, has pushed through and yeah, the Adelaide Strikers is a pretty good team. Assistant coach Amy Satterthwaite as well, so there's a little bit of a Kiwi connection there. Um, but no, it's been a good tournament and haven't probably seen the crowds as they would like and um, they had the stadium series with the SCG, MCG and Adelaide overall and there were record crowds there. So I think there's a few things to think about next year around scheduling and time frames and, and I guess where they want to play those games. But it's a great tournament to be a part of. It's nice and relaxed, which sort of, as you know, Kim suits my personality. <laughs> to, have, to have a few words and um, interview a few parents, which is a little bit of an odd mix, but um, managed to get Sophie Devine's dad on and he was pretty entertaining. Oh, I remember seeing Sophie Devine's dad, actually, and I thought, <laughs> get him up in the commentary box. Just the whole time she's batting. He was hilarious. Uh, on the Sophie I, no- I don't think he's spoken to me since, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it, just quietly. Uh, on the Sophie note, how much satisfaction, low-key or otherwise, do you think Mealy Kerr will have taken over uh, getting that win over the Perth Scorchers with Sophie in it? Oh, yeah, I did chat to Mealy. I think it's a bit of mixed emotions for her, to be honest, because of obviously she loves playing for the Heat and it was a great win and, and have bragging rights over Soph, but she also loves playing for New Zealand. Mm. So obviously she, she's going to continue to stay on and play in that final and, and miss the first game against Pakistan on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I, I guess after growing up and playing cricket in the cul-de-sac in, in Tawa, to be able to say, OK, now I've got one up on you in, in one of the biggest tournaments in the world, I think. Mealy will be quietly happy about that, but I don't think she'll say too much because she still has to face Sophie in the net. <laughs> Fair play too. She will, of course, have a big part to play in this final, as you mentioned, Brisbane against Adelaide. How do you see that going? Are we giving Brisbane a chance? I think they've got a chance. It's it's Adelaide are, are the most economical bowling team and they've got Darcy Brown back, the Australian fast international. So... Um, 
yeah, she's she's a pretty expected player. For me, I think Adelaide will just have it over with over them with their bowling. Um, Brisbane Heat are the strongest batting side, so they score more runs than any other team. But I just think being at the Adelaide Oval and hopefully a sellout crowd. It sounds like there's quite a few tickets sold. Um, so hopefully, hopefully the Adelaide locals or the South Australian locals will get out and support. But I just can't see, uh, I can't see Adelaide getting tipped up unless they lose the toss and they have to. They've got to bat first. I think that might put them in a little bit of trouble. And like you mentioned, Amy Satterthwaite, uh, associate, uh, assistant rather coach uh, on that side. So at least we can claim some bragging rights no matter which way <laughs> it goes. Uh, switching the focus a little closer to home, White Ferns v Pakistan, start of the home summer, which I'm already buzzing about. Live coverage of that game uh, from 12.30 on SCNZ on Sunday. And Katie, no cur for New Zealand, but still a very strong looking side. Do you expect them to go great guns right from the outset or will there be a bit of rust around after playing some of the uh, some of the other tournaments? Well, Pakistan's probably a little unknown quantity for some of the New Zealanders. Um, play them a bit of international cricket. I think the T20s is where we, we will have our strength over, over Pakistan just because of the power and obviously having Sophie Devine back as well and who's been one of the top players in the WBBL once again. Um, and the girls have come off a little bit of cricket with our 50-over stuff. Um, so I'm expecting that we should go pretty well in the T20 um, side of the uh, series. And then it's around the 50-overs. We really It's must-win for us to be able to get the championship mm. points so we can automatically qualify for the World Cup. But Pakistan have some really good players. Fatima San is um, a little short, opening fast bowler who's quite difficult to play. And then um, Bisma Maharuf is really good up top with the bat as well. Um, she brings her daughter over, so hopefully she'll be there because she's a wee chinky one and she's quite entertaining on the sideline. Um, so, yeah, another another mother that's um, continuing to play cricket, which is really cool. But I think, yeah, I think the T20s will have it over them and then the one days will be, will be even-ish um, and then hopefully our girls can find some form. But it's a really settled White Fern squad now, pretty similar to South Africa mm. and... It's great to see someone like a Georgia Plummer coming off 140-odd in HBJ. And, you know, there's been a massive investment in her. And, and she's our next, I guess, next tier of players coming through in the future of the White Fern. So hopefully she'll have some confidence to take into that series as well. And, and being at home and obviously Dunedin, which is going to turn on some absolute beautiful oh. weather, hopefully, for the first couple of games. I knew we could not um, get through this cool. chat without you trying to up Dunedin at some point. But, yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've gone on Met Service for the last five minutes, so I've, I've checked and, and everything looks okay so far. So that's more what I'm concerned about. But no, it's uh, taking taking the internationals back to Queenstown as well, which will be really cool around that sort of summer summer holiday yeah. period. I'm sure Central Otago people have tuned off for the year, and it's only just December. Oh, it'll be absolutely <laughs> stunning. Uh, hey, second T20, of course, the University Oval, renamed as the Susie Bates Oval uh, for that occasion. Uh, for those unaware of the context, she has become the first white fern to pass 300 appearances for New Zealand. Uh, she topped that T20 scoring record as well this year. Do you think this is a case, Katie? Do we just really need to appreciate Susie Bates while we've still got her at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, she is, she's the heartbeat of that White Ferns team. She's sort of the energiser. She's the one that brings everybody together. But not just that, also her skill. And, you know, she'll be the first to admit that she hasn't had the form in the last 12 months or so. But you expect the, the amount of change that's been in the White Ferns team and then the additional responsibility, not from a from a captaincy perspective, but in and around that group and, and bringing together, you know, a whole lot of youngsters as well. It does take its toll. And I've got no doubt that has impacted her performances, but she is 
our greatest female cricketer alongside Debbie Hockley as well. So I think for her, the record that she's got, to think she's scored more T20 runs than Virat Kohli, and, mm. and we know how much everyone hears about Kohli, it just shows that, that she is just a class above, and she's performed from game one that she's played for New Zealand. She's, it's not just like she's found form late in her career. She was the best player in the world two two years in a row in both formats, our, our only format in New Zealand that we play in terms of T20 and one-day cricket. And it's it's the other aspects of her life that she's dealt with throughout that period of time as well that I think has just made her accomplishments even more um, more special. And she honestly, Kim, she's going to walk out on Tuesday with the biggest smile on her face. She loves playing at Dunedin. I think it took her 17 years to play her first game there and then she's got two in a row and, and the ground named after her is mm-hmm. going to be really special. And she loves Dunedin. I say she's sort of like the unofficial mayor of Dunedin. I'm sure she's got this massive key of the city somewhere in her Fairfield home. Um, but no, she's a special character and someone that you always, I, when I talk about her, I always see her on Kane Williamson. You know, she's at exactly at that level. And so I think, yeah, it's just people in her team know and appreciate how lucky they are to have her around and, and learn off her and, 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 get, and get that guidance that, I guess that's the importance of her continuing in that White Ferns environment, not just scoring runs, but how she helps develop our next hero players. Mm. Well, from our greatest ever White Fern to one who many would argue is our greatest ever Black Cap, uh, Kane Williamson and his just uh, inability to not score runs, his ability to keep scoring runs, whichever way you want to put it. (laughs) I went the double negative, that's terrible broadcasting. But what do you make of his ability to just come back in after the injuries he's been through, even at the World Cup, uh, and... You know, here's another century for you. Oh, I was there at that game in Chino when he when his the ball hit his thumb, and I thought you've got to be joking. <laughs> like he's the effort he he got back to after that knee, and then it's just it's just like the knee's got nothing going on now, which is which is good for him. Um, but he he's probably underappreciated as well. And you actually look at his numbers and his record. Imagine if he was Indian, Australian, or English, he would have played double the amount of Test mm. matches, and he'd be surpassing all of the guys like Coley. Um, he'd be up there with Bradman's numbers and everybody talks about Bradman being the greatest cricketer, averaging 99 and I just think Kane has, has held our team together and when he's not been in, in the Black Caps squad over the last couple of years with those injuries it's a different team and mm. yeah we've had benefit of Mitchell and Conway coming through but Kane Williamson's just that rock and just that as they say steady the ship, he just comes in and he just provides that level of guidance and um, the team need and and I know that Black Caps are a better team with him in there so it's just it's great to see him continuing on and um, I think he wanted, he'd probably want to get a, a double hundred at some point and, and get back that record and you always sort of feel like when he finishes up he would be our th- next person to score 300 so I'm hoping at some point he'll get there. Maybe 2026 when we play Australia and Australia. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, I reckon. <laughs> there she is. And I tell you what, Katie, I reckon me and you on a wee trip to Melbourne, we can fund that somehow. I think <laughs> someone, someone will pay for us to go, right? That'll be great. Uh, we can yeah, go, we can go and watch it. Seven. We'll be right. We'll be right. He'll no, get us. <laughs> no drums. Uh, sadly, we do have to leave it there, Katie, but an Awesome, just awesome to chat to you as ever, you absolute champion. Looking forward as well uh, to seeing you on TVNZ's coverage of the home cricketing summer.